And Father, how we do thank you today that along with those angels on that first Christmas, the shepherds on the first Christmas, we can raise our hands and hearts to you and we can say with all of our heart, glory to God in the highest. And Father, I pray that as we continue to worship you this morning, as we look at your word and let your word speak into our heart, I pray that as you examine us and as you teach us and as you lead us, I pray that the result of our worship this morning would be more than ever before to give glory to your name. In Jesus' name now, we continue to worship. Amen. Well, what better place to be on the day after Christmas than to be celebrating together as God's family in, in the house of God. So thank you for coming and, and sharing with us today. I remember a time in our life like 14 years ago when it was a very challenging time for us. I was in a very challenging place in, in my life. A year had passed since I had resigned a church that we had planted and that we loved dearly and desperately. And God had called us away from that work, but He hadn't yet shown us where we were going next. We were in that, we were in, that in between time. And waiting on the Lord was not easy. It was not a real comfortable time for us. In fact, it was, it was a painful time. Uh, that Christmas was uh, a time of real soul-searching for me and for our family members. And honestly, uh, it, it was a struggle. It was a prayerful struggle. We celebrated that year, but our celebration was a little bit different. And the thing that was missing, the thing that caused our celebration to be a little bit awkward was we had no church family to call home. Yes, we gathered together as a family and went to a church service at a church that we cared about and that we had been a part of earlier, but it was different. It was different because we had no real church connection, no real church family to identify with. We, we felt like spiritual orphans, but God used that time in our life to raise the value of His church in our experience and in our life. And immediately coming out of that Christmas, there was a, a, a movement that had begun prior to that, a few weeks prior to that, but it, it began to accelerate to a time where Palmetto Shores Church actually became part of our vision and actually became part of our reality. And some of you here today were a part of that part of our journey. The mission of Palmetto Shores began to be formed during that time in our life. The mission of our church is to be a disciple who makes disciples. To be a disciple who makes disciples. And again, the Christmas story was a big part of exploding that vision into action in our life. In Luke chapter 2 verse 15, we pick up from where we left on Christmas Eve. The Bible says, When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So just like that first Christmas, God invites you and me today to join Him in celebrating life. We celebrate life best when we meet God on His terms. And we make disciples best when we meet God on His terms and create a spirit and an atmosphere of discipleship in the context of a church. In fact, that's why we're here today. When we think of Christmas, we, we generally turn to this passage in Luke chapter 2 or turn to the passage in Matthew chapter 1 and 2. But today, along with the angels and the shepherds and Mary and Joseph and later the wise men, we're going to advance a few years ahead. And we're going to look at this story through the eyes of the Apostle John. So if you have your Bible today, open it with me to 1 John way over in the New Testament, very end of the New Testament, 1 John chapter 1. And we're going to look at the Christmas story through the perspective of this great disciple and apostle of Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 1. You follow along with me as I read aloud. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands... Concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest. We have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So today, this is God's Word to you and me. And I pray that we'll not only hear it, but we'll apply it to our life. We'll let it become a part of our action plan for 2022. So the mission of our church is to follow John's heart in this passage. Our mission is to make disciples who make disciples. So let's see how that process works. Very briefly this morning, first of all, God invites you to meet Jesus. In verses 1 and 2 of 1 John chapter 1, again, the Bible says, "...that which was from the beginning..." which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest. We've seen it. We testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father 
and was made manifest in us. So on that first Christmas, the shepherds found the baby Jesus right where the angels told them he would be, in Bethlehem, lying in a manger. The angels of the Lord had given them that special invitation to meet Jesus. And let me say to you today, you could never have a more special invitation from anyone in all of history than to hear the invitation of God for you today to see Jesus, to experience Jesus, to know Jesus. So who is, who is this Jesus? Um, again, our, our mission is to make disciples who make disciples. A disciple is, is one who, who knows Jesus. And experiencing Jesus is a personal experience. And it's, it's best experienced in the context of a church. See, after Jesus finished his mission here on this earth, he arose from the dead and he returned in heaven, returned to heaven with, with God the Father. And the, the Apostle John gives us a testimony Testimony is something that you see with your eyes and touch with your hands. If you, if you go to court and you are test, a testimony in a court of law, you can't testify about something you haven't seen yourself and experienced yourself. In order to be one who testifies, you have to have been there and seen that. And you're invited by God into His special plan to know and meet Jesus today. Who is this Jesus? Well, He is God in the flesh. He was here from the beginning. The Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning, this is the gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God, the second person of the Trinity. Three persons, one God, Jesus. And you become a disciple of Jesus by recognizing who He is, by coming to know Him personally, experiencing Him personally. He's the eternal Son of God who spoke this world, who spoke creation into existence. There never has been a time when there was not God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Never, never been a time. That's what makes Him God. But by His words, He spoke the world and all that we know into existence. God entered the world that He created as a baby, Jesus. He became flesh so that He could be seen and so that He could be touched. And the gospel, of, the, the gospel in John chapter 1 and verse 1 reminds us that the Word became flesh. In John chapter 1 and verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I love Christmas carols. We, we've sung, I mean, once again, you, you sounded like a great choir this morning, singing the songs of celebration and worship to God. But I love Christmas carols, but we have to be careful. Some of the lyrics of the original Christmas carols aren't really actually correct. For example, there's a Christmas carol that we love to sing. 
called away in a manger. The original text in verse 3 says this, The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Friends, that's just not true. I mean, nothing be farther than the truth than that because Jesus was a real baby and real babies cry. And he cried, okay? It might sound good in the lyrics of this song, but, but Jesus did cry. He did cry. He was fully human and fully God. And that's why God can invite you to experience Life in Jesus because He came to this earth and lived in the flesh so that you can know Him. So that you can personally relate to Him. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 2 says the life was made manifest. In other words, He became real. He became a real human being. And John said, I had the privilege as an apostle, as a disciple of Jesus, to see it and testify to it. And proclaim to you this eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest for us. So you and I are the benefactors of what God did for us in Jesus, what John witnessed with his eyes and touched with his hands, and what you and I can experience today through the miracle of salvation that God works in the life of those who believe. How do you get to know Jesus? Well, you get to know Him by understanding that He's real. He's God in the flesh. And just as He spoke life into this world, just as He spoke everything that we know in this world, He can speak eternal life into your life because of what He did, the gift that He, he, he provided for us when He came to this earth in the flesh at Christmas. That's the beginning of being a disciple of Jesus. It's to know Him personally, to experience Him. To say, God, I want to give all that I know about myself to all that I know about you. I'm a sinner, and I know my sin separates me from you. I want to trust you to give me that eternal life. And so today, God truly invites you to know Jesus. That's the beginning of being a disciple knowing Jesus. But then secondly, God invites you to share the news of Jesus. Once you know Him, you're invited to share the news of Jesus. Look at verse 3 of 1 John. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too might have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship is a very special word to church life. Fellowship means a deep, intimate, multi-dimensional bonding. That's what fellowship is. It comes from the word koinonia in the New Testament. That word koinonia means a relationship of mutual sharing. A relationship of mutual bonding. And sharing is the act that sets Christianity apart from other religions. We want every man, woman, and child on planet Earth to hear this gospel message that God offers you eternal life. We want every man, woman, and child on planet Earth to have fellowship with God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. 
and have an experience like we have here today to come together in unity, in fellowship, and show our love for Jesus. Sharing is the act of Christianity that sets us apart. That's why it's so important for you and me to be part of a church family. I mean, we experienced a, a parent-home child dedication here this morning. As a church family, we have responsibility. We have privileges to get to know one another. And in 2022, we want to challenge you to go to the next level in getting to know each other as church family. Support each other as church family. Christmas revealed God in the flesh. That means that God himself became one of us so that we could know him personally. In Philippians chapter 2, we read a couple of weeks ago and studied a couple of weeks ago that one of the values of this church is humility. Listen to what Jesus experienced to set an example for you and me in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. He said, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So why did Jesus do this? Why did he become flesh and live among us? Experience temptation just like you and I experience temptation. And then go to the cross and shed his blood on the cross. He did it because he loves us so much. He did it so that we can have a personal relationship with God. He did it so we can take that relationship we have with Him and with God and share it with people that we love, people that we come in contact with, and share it with people around the world. A few weeks ago, Kyle carried a number of people from our church, and David Neese, who's a member of our church, carried a group of people from Coastal Carolina University. They met together in New York City with other church members from around the state of South Carolina. And they distributed hundreds of coats for the city. Remember you gave coats that we could give out to under-resourced people in New York City. It was a, a wonderful experience, a wonderful blessing. But guess what? The value of experiences like that is not the social ministry. I mean, anybody can do that. Anybody can have compassion for other people and give coats to people who are under-resourced. But along with giving the coats... These missionaries from our church had the privilege of sharing the gospel with people who were receiving those, those coats for the city. And our lives every day can have that same kind of experience. We can have that same kind of relationship. Morgan shared last week in our message and in our church business conference that in 2022 we've developed a discipleship pathway in our church. And part of that discipleship pathway is teaching our church members how to share our testimony with other family members. Share what Jesus has done for us with other family members and other people in our community and even people around the world. And we're exciting 
excited about sharing Jesus with those who need to know Him. And that's a part of discipleship. That's where discipleship, discipleship really begins by knowing Jesus and then being willing to share Him with other people. Let me ask you a question. Is sharing Jesus part of the missional strategy for your life? If you know Him, as I read the Scripture, as I listen to testimonies of people who are on fire for sharing Jesus, it's obvious that the closer you are to God through Jesus, the more you want to share that experience with people who are far from God. Here's the point. We're not responsible for how people respond to the gospel. But we are responsible as disciples of Jesus to carry out His command to plant the seeds of the gospel in other people's lives. And I want to challenge you this year to get on board with us as we carry out our strategy, our discipleship pathway, to plug into it and begin to talk to people about what's important in your life. And my prayer is that the most important thing in your life and my life will be our relationship with Jesus. See, we can't make disciples who make disciples without sharing Jesus. We can't do it. It's impossible. And Christmas means that God is not just someone whom we're content with knowing about or someone who we know at a distance. Christmas is about knowing Jesus intimately and personally and then taking that gift that He's given us, just like the shepherds in the first century, and sharing Him with other people around us. Finally this morning, God invites you to joyfully praise Him for Jesus. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, here's what John says, We are writing these things to you so that our joy might be complete. In other words, what he's saying is that his joy would never be complete until the people he knew in his life knew about Jesus and had the opportunity to respond to Jesus. He said that was his joy, and it would not be complete until everybody had the same kind of joy in fellowship with God and fellowship with Jesus that he had. If you know Jesus, and you're walking with Jesus, nothing can keep that joy from shining through your life in the same kind of way that the Apostle John had it. You need to know that John's life wasn't an easy life. After Jesus went to the cross and was crucified, and after Jesus arose from the grave, after Jesus walked with His disciples like John here on this earth for 40 days, and then Jesus ascended into heaven, He released them to go and tell. And as they went and as they told, life was rough. I mean, this man who wrote this passage, the Apostle John, was thrown into a pot of boiling oil in order to kill him. And yet he survived. <laughs> then he was put on an island right by himself, exile to the Isle of Patmos, just for simply knowing Jesus and 
telling people in his life about Jesus. He survived that. And he came back to pastor a church until his dying days. God's hand of blessing was upon him, but it was not without pain and struggle. Just before Jesus went to the cross and died on the cross, he prayed a prayer for you. In John chapter 17, as Jesus prayed for you, he prayed that the full measure of his joy would be reproduced in you. Even as he was being crucified, Jesus was sustained by a joy that's not circumstantial. Not related to physical or emotional or even spiritual pain. His life was filled with joy because joy was what was inside of his life and inside of his heart. So you miss the joy by not pouring your life into someone else when you come to know Jesus. Think about this. It was in pain that Jesus came into this world, just like, you know, every baby comes. What do you do when, 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 when J.C. and other, other babies cry? What do you do when babies cry? Well, you know that they're in pain. They need something. Jesus experienced that kind of pain, real pain. In pain, not only did Jesus enter the world, but in pain, Jesus endured the world. I mean, several times in his life, remember? The Bible says Jesus cried. In, in John chapter 11, verse, verse 35, shortest verse in the Bible, the Bible said Jesus wept. The, the, the weeping that Jesus experienced was a, a part of his life. He was a real human. He had emotional pain and physical pain that brought tears to him. When he hung there on the cross, remember, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You think he did that without tears? I mean, he had tears of pain. And he wept tears of pain while he was here on this earth. But at the same time, his life was full of joy. And you can experience that same kind of joy when your life becomes more than about yourself. The source of joy that came out of Jesus through the pain of a baby and the pain of a man who walked every experience on earth that you experience yet without sin and a pain that carried him to the cross to die. What generated life inside of him and joy inside of him was the fact that he was not living for himself. He was living for somebody else. And that's what discipleship is all about. Discipleship is about knowing Jesus and making all of life about Him, but then being a disciple. What is a disciple? Someone who knows Jesus, someone who's being transformed by Jesus, and someone who's on mission with Jesus. I pray that's you. But when you take on that lifestyle, you're receiving help from someone else so that you can give life to someone else. That's what discipleship is all about. Christmas means, according to Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy 
that will be known to all people. And that's the mandate for being a disciple of Jesus, who makes disciples of Jesus. Fourteen years ago, I needed a source of joy that could come from only one place. My family and I found an oasis in the desert in our personal relationship with Jesus. And it was awesome. The oasis in the desert for us came through good news of great joy and the mandate to share that joy with all people. And isn't that interesting and exciting that this year as we move from 2021 to 2022, God still gives us that same mandate to make disciples who make disciples of Jesus. Over my lifetime, I've seen many spectacular events. I mean, I think about things like, some of you have experienced this as well. You go to a a major college football game. I'm sure we'll see this maybe if you go to a game uh, where a plane flies over and parachuters fly out of the, the plane. They come through the air. They come down over the stadium. I mean, I mean, when you watch that happen, you can't help but just your heart beats fast and you're watching, you're watching that spectacle of those guys. And, and somehow, you know, they take, they take those, those guys to the, the parachute and, you know, they come down, they hit right on the, right on the 50-yard line and the, all of the, the, the spectacle of, of that event and the, the fancy clothes that they have on, protective clothes. You know, if, if I had been God, that's the way I would have brought Jesus into the world. I would have brought him into the world in front of a great crowd, a cheering crowd, and a great spectacle like those parachuters coming into to a football game. But, but I'm not God, and that's not how God chose to come into the world. He chose to come into the world in an ordinary way, just like you and me, through the womb of a mother, to come into the world as a baby, not in a palace or a spectacular arena, not in a way that was extraordinary, but in an ordinary way. And then immediately he was made a homeless person. (laughs) Joseph and Mary had to take him to Egypt because He wanted, Herod wanted to kill him, so he became a homeless person immediately. The guests that we sang about this morning at his birth were not royalty. They were, they were shepherds. They were actually the lower class of people. They were ordinary people. I look around today and I see people in our community who are weak and hurting and shoulders slumped over, faces turned down because of circumstances in this world. And what this world needs today is the joy of Jesus. That even in painful circumstances, even in emotional circumstances that are, that are hard to live with, there's this internal joy that can't help but come out 
through facial expressions and through posture in the lives of those who truly know Jesus and want to share Him with the world around us. See, new life begins when ordinary human experience is made extraordinary through the power of the gospel, through this Christmas story and the mandate to go and tell. When that happens in your life, then the ordinary experiences of reading God's Word and praying, fellowshipping with believers like this and worshiping, Letting Jesus be the one who takes you by the hand through the painful experiences of life to give you victory even out of the pain and the suffering. That's when our faith grows and the foundation of our faith overflows with joy so that the world looks and says, How could that be? How could that be possible? For a person to be experiencing that kind of struggle, that kind of pain, and yet be joyful in the midst of it. Joyfully praising God flows from our ordinary relationship of being a disciple who makes disciples. And with Jesus, that mission becomes possible. In 1867, some of you history buffs remember, we were coming out in our nation of one of the most painful times in our history, the Civil War. Philip Brooks wrote these words. He said, How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of His heaven. No ear may hear His coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive Him still, the dear Christ enters in. Into the darkness comes a light through the Savior Jesus. See, God broke into history in that little town of Bethlehem that Philip Brooks was writing about. And I pray today that God will break into the history of your life and my life and give us the mission afresh and anew to make disciples who make disciples. God invites you to meet Jesus. God invites you to share the news of Jesus. And God invites you to joyfully praise the name of Jesus, so that all the world can hear, all the world can see. The day after the shepherds went to Bethlehem and saw Jesus, you know what they did? They went back to work. Their job was to shepherd the sheep, and there were still sheep on the mountainside that needed to be shepherded. But when they went back to work that day after that first Christmas, they went back with a different mission in their life than they had the day before Jesus was born. And that's my prayer for you and me today. When we go back to work tomorrow, I pray that we will go back to work, whether it's in our home, 
or whether it's in the secular workplace, I pray that the mission of our life will be, yes, to know Jesus and make all of life about Him. But how do we do that? By making disciples who make disciples. Starts with one-on-one. Somebody taking your hand. Our discipleship pathway. Somewhere in our discipleship pathway, you fit in. Let somebody take you by the hand so you can take somebody else by the hand and lead them to the heart of God. Let 2022 be the year that we follow God's mission and making disciples who make disciples. So how do we apply this to our life? Well, it's very simple. This is redundant, but let me say it again. How do we apply it? Make disciples who make disciples. I pray that that will be the story of your life this year. If you haven't picked up a copy of our Discipleship Pathway, there are a few copies left in the, in the lobby at the information table. If, they're, if, if they run out, then it's posted online. You can text me or email me, and I'll be glad to send you a copy of it. But find where you are on that pathway, and then take the next step in moving through that pathway to make disciples who make disciples. God, thank you today that an intimate relationship with you like the Apostle John had is not a unique experience. In fact, it's an experience that you call all of us into. And God, I pray today that as we wrap up this year, as we move toward 2022, first of all, we'll make sure that that we know Jesus. God, I pray that if there's someone here today who has never met Jesus, never personally felt the touch of His hand in their life, I pray that today would be the day when when they admit that they're a sinner and say, God, here I am. Take everything about myself that I know about myself and I just give it to everything I know about you. And in simple faith, I, I trust you to forgive me of my sin as I repent of my sin and turn away from my sin. And God, I do want to make the rest of my life about you. Let me ask you here today, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, is, is there anybody here today who maybe has prayed that prayer for the first time in your life? If so, would you lift your hand and just let me, let me see if you've prayed that prayer today to receive Jesus? God, thank you today. Thank you today that those of us who know Jesus can go into 2022 being joyful, having peace in our heart that can only come from knowing you. And then, God, I pray you'll give us boldness and courage to share you with every opportunity you open for us. And then, God, how I pray that you'll bring forth the harvest, bring forth the harvest according to your will. As we do our part, you're going to do your part. And we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen.